Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It's Friday, August 6th. This is Anything Goes Podcast. Let's get it. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the show or welcome to the show, whichever case is yours. Been a great week. Been an awesome week. I don't know. You know, I hear a lot of people saying that they don't want to watch the Olympics. Um, I kind of have the opposite opinion. Now, I won't watch certain events in the Olympics, but I'm still watching and enjoying the Olympics. And here's what I noticed this week. I went through and counted. Our women's athletes are kicking butt. I mean, not that they don't usually do well, because they do. But it's not the superstars. It's not the ones that got all the hype prior to the games that are really coming through. Our track and, our track and field team, 19-year-old The Thing Mo, she took the gold in the women's 800, 19 years old. Our 400-meter hurdlers, McLaughlin and Muhammad, Came in one and two. Both of them finished the race. And under the previous world record time, McLaughlin won. So, of course, her time is the new world record. We won the women's discus, the women's pole vault, the canoe sprint. Of course, the gymnastics all around, the floor exercise. Skeet shooting, surfing, taekwondo, and freestyle wrestling. I think 86 kilograms. Our beach volleyball team, the A team, won. And if I'm not mistaken, our indoor women's volleyball team is set to play for gold either today or tomorrow. So it's, yeah, a lot of them. And if I heard correctly, our women's volleyball team, indoor volleyball team, have only been in the gold medal match four previous times, and they've taken silver every single time. So they have a great opportunity to take the first U.S. women's gold medal and that. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much, but I'm sure that you all have seen the difference between a lot of these folks that I just, and even though I didn't say their names, the events that they won. And the superstars who got all the attention and all the, you know, press, all the commercials, and all these sorts of things before the Olympics. They didn't do so well. Our soccer team, our women's soccer team, got the won the bronze medal. They still they almost blew that game. They were up four to one and they ended up winning four to three, but they almost blew that game. And I noticed something interesting. So the day after they did an interview with Carly Carly Lloyd. Uh, of course, Grimace Hair, Rapino, and um, I can't remember the other girl's name. Uh, she's one of the you know supposed superstars of our soccer team. They were very toned down in their interview, even when asked directly about their advocacy for whatever they didn't. 
uh, Grimace Hair, Rapino, uh, didn't even really, didn't even really get into it. I mean, she spoke very generally and didn't name any specific thing that she was standing, kneeling and fighting for. Now, I think I said on the last show that I, I give a lot of credit to the women's soccer players who did not take a knee, Carly Lloyd being one of them, who did not take a knee during the national anthem and and, and all that good stuff. Um, it's unfortunate that your team has become cancerous because of purple hair monster Rapino. But hopefully uh in our in the next olympics three years from now we have a completely different female women's soccer team i hope that's true but while we're on sports <laughs> i've told you guys before that my wife is uh, a cheerleading coach and she she's a cheerleader all through school college on the marshall dance team all that stuff on espn today <laughs> It's a new sport, new sport that I, I I didn't even know was a sport, but apparently it is. It was the 2020 Air Guitar Championships. Who knew? I mean, apparently it's a sport. I mean, it's funny it's a sport because cheerleading is not a sport, at least not as defined by Title IX and and the NCAA and you know everybody else except cheerleaders, I think. Um, but air guitar. The Air Guitar Championships and TAG. The TAG Championships are on TV on ESPN tonight, too. So there you go. Two new sports. Maybe those will be Olympic events, too. I found it interesting. There's a couple of events in the Olympics that are rock wall climbing. I think we took gold. I think we had a female take gold in that. And maybe the, maybe the, the guy who was doing it, too, might have taken gold. In that, so I thought that that was interesting. Now I was watching. I was watching yesterday. I, I just I don't get it. I don't get speed walking. Where's the line? Somebody, I hope somebody sends me something that that tells me where the line is between speed walking and jogging. Because I watched they had you know I, and they speed walk like thirty one miles. It's like it's like longer, tons longer than a marathon. But it's speed walking. <laughs> I just, I, I watched as much of it as I could. I mean, I was just, I, I was kind of freaking out at the TV the whole time, just kind of questioning how it's not considered jogging. And, and I, I don't understand the rules to it. Cause so there was, there was people on the side of the road that as people would upgrade, they would hand, they would, you know, flash like a red card or a yellow card. Are those like penalties because you you actually, like they actually thought you were jogging or, and you weren't, where's the cutoff? What's the cutoff between speed walking and jogging? I don't, I don't understand the whole, the whole thing. It was weird. It was, a, it was really weird to watch. It, it looks painful as hell. I mean, they all look like they have Gumby legs and it was, I was just like, well, I, <laughs> I don't, I just don't get it. And, and where do you, how do you train for that? How do you train for speed walking? I, I'm assuming you train for the same way that you train for a running event, but a long distance running event. But 
I don't know. I mean, it's walking. It's walking fast, I guess, consistently, but not jogging. At least, not supposed to be jogging, but it pretty pretty well looked like jogging to me. So I don't know. Let let me know. AG podcast, bleh, AG podcast thirteen at yahoo.com. Let me know if you if you know anything. If you if you're a if you're a speed walker and you listen to the show, send me an email. Explain explain the rules or the dividing line between speed walking and jogging for me because uh, it's just it's really just not clear. Anyway, off my soapbox about the Olympics. Uh, well, about that part. What I'll say is our women are doing fantastic. Our men, they're doing okay. But the things that we historically have done well in were not, particularly in the, the sprints and the hurdles. Um, our men have just kind of... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what what happened to him. Now we did win the, I believe we won the discus. Um, no, no, we won the shot put for the men for sure. I, I don't think we won the discus, and I don't even know if we have anybody in like the javelin. Haven't really been keeping up with the heptathlon or the pentathlon, so I don't really know how we're doing. I know we have three people, three men, in that. But I don't know. I mean, it's just our women's our women's athletes are performing outstandingly in the Olympics. And on top of that, the ones that are winning gold are nothing but respectful and happy and prideful to be representing the United States of America. Go watch the the female wrestler after she won. Go watch her interview after she won the gold medal. I mean, that was that was probably one of the best interviews that I've seen. About patriotism and and loving your country and and loving the flag and loving living here and, and all those things. But yet, still, none of these women that are winning these events are, are getting the recognition that they should. Why? Because the mainstream media is still focusing on Megan Rapino, Grimace Hair, and Simone... I quit on my team Biles. That's who's getting still most of the credit or most of the attention, I should say, um, from the media. So I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for, for these women, you know, 
it's interesting because the mainstream media, particularly the MSNBCs and the CNNs are always the ones, you know, the the PR arm of the Democratic Party. They're the ones that are always, you know, fighting for women's rights and, and you know, fighting for women's equality and all that. But yet they're not giving any of these women who are proud to represent the United States and proud of the flag and proud to be there wearing the red, white, and blue. They're not getting the time of day. And I don't think that, I don't think the NBC reporter who interviewed the, the female wrestler was, he, he was asking her like really baiting questions, like expecting her to, um, you know, just go off on a tangent about, social justice or women's equality or black equality or, or, you know, systemic racism. And she, I think she shocked him with the complete opposite because when she got done answering, he didn't ask her any more questions. He was kind of done. So good for her. Good for them. The women I talked about are, are doing fantastic things um, and should be recognized for it. We'll be right back folks. All right, folks, welcome back. Hey, I did get asked a really good question this past week. The question was, and it was from a listener. They, they sent it to me uh, on uh, Messenger. Um, the question was, why is everything you talk about, or most of the stuff you talk about, political? Uh, a couple of reasons. One, I work like really close to D.C., so everything in my bubble world of that is politics. Everything. But second, what subject hasn't been made political? And, and not made political necessarily by, you know, normal everyday people, but by our lawmakers, athletes, uh, you know, all these, all these organizations that, you know, support, don't support whatever issue it is. I mean, I, I mean, the, the list goes on. I mean, you can't talk about race without it being political because it is, it's been politicized. You can't talk about sports. They've been almost 100% politicized uh, outside of hockey, which I think one hockey player, you know, started doing the whole Kaepernick thing, and that lasted about one game. And I don't think it only ever did it again. So hockey, you know, and and I haven't really seen too much of it in baseball or heard too much of it from baseball. But basically, every other sport has made it political. Uh, you can't talk about you can't talk about protests. You know, protest talking about protesters has become completely political. Now that's due to you know the nature of what they're protesting. In, in most cases, but I mean, I could have, you know, somebody, somebody going and protesting the price of a burrito at, you know, whatever your local Mexican restaurant is, and somehow it's going to become political. Immigration. You can't talk about immigration because that's political. No matter what side you stand on it, it's political. So I, I, I could probably, I could probably get somebody to break into a political conversation about Freaking pets these days. So yeah, everything has turned political or has a political 
conversation around it. And, and that's because of the polarization of the country right now. You got to remember, you know, we had, you know, four years of orange man bad, no matter what, even, even on policies that everyone who disagreed with him had previously loved and wanted to now this president who everything, you know, everyone who, who want now, you know, now it's not orange man bad anymore. Now it's old man bad for the same reasons. And I think there's a lot less of, you know, it's usually the defining thing is usually for me is it's always interesting that liberals, Democrats, whatever you want to call them these days, they'll switch on a dime. Like, you know, they were all for the border wall before Trump made that his platform. They've even, they even funded it. I, I think the, I think the votes, the votes in the house and the Senate for funding, which was approved prior to Donald Trump taking office wasn't even close. Like there was a, actually there was like not even a threat that those were not going to be approved and and the money allocated because it was. But as soon as he made it his platform, oh hell no, it's racist, and you know so whatever. And now it's so liberals will switch back and forth on a dime because now all of a sudden, you know the whole time Trump was in office. It was walls racist, and if you want to build the wall, you're racist. And now they've kind of they've back, they've certainly backed off of that, and they're even goes so far as to, you know, in some areas down there, uh, my understanding is is they've started actually building some of that wall again. Now it may not be the same exact kind of wall that was being put up under bad orange man. But that's kind of the game, right? Oh, we're not building that wall. We're not building that wall. Yeah. Well, you're not building that wall, but you're still putting shit there. So you're really not fooling anybody. Well, you are, you're, well, you're not because people are willful, willfully ignorant to what's really happening as opposed to what, is spewed out on, you know, a Gen Saki 15 minute blab fest, which really isn't much generally anyway, but so Dems will flip flop from administration to administration on stuff. And that's not to say that Republicans won't too, but it's much, much, they're much more steady And their support, non-support for issues. And even, I mean, we Biden himself, you know, the whole defund the police thing where he was asked, you know, why do the Democrats want to defund the police? His instant thing, I think it was yesterday or today, his instant response was, well, it's the Republicans who want to defund the police. Really? Because don't we have a female black democratic congresswoman like sleeping on the steps of the Capitol 
who, by the way, paid $70,000 last year on her own personal private security, screaming defund the police. She's a Democrat, but the, I, it goes back to the same thing I said last week where they just really think that we're fucking idiots. And I hate to say it that way, but they honestly believe. And, and that, that's the voters fault because. I've said it a hundred times. I hear I heard a ton of I hate Trump. What I don't hear and still don't hear today is. I support Biden. Or, you know, Biden's doing a great job. You just don't hear that. You really hear nothing. You hear snippets of what he says, if you can make out whatever incoherent statement he's trying to make most of the time. But you don't hear many accolades. I mean, Vice President Harris, in a poll this past week, is underwater. Her favorability is way underwater. I think it's like four or five points underwater. Six months in. And I mean, first of all, I don't ever remember hearing a vice presidential poll. So the fact that they had one uh, or release one and then it, you know, really became public and, and stayed public for a couple of days is is kind of amazing because you generally, you know, who remembers the freaking vice presidents? Most of the time, nobody, unless they ultimately end up becoming president. But uh, nobody remembers them during their vice presidential years because the vice president doesn't really do anything. Kind of a placeholder. But she apparently is even, according to most Americans, is failing at that. And that's a really bad sign because if her intention is to run when Joe's out of office, which Maybe one term. I don't know if he's going to run again. He probably will. Um, but that doesn't mean she can't primary him either. So who knows? Who knows where her endgame is? But right now, she has the favorability. She She's getting... She's still higher than Congress. I think Congress's favorability is like 17%, which is high for them that it's been for the last couple decades. I think... I think for the last 13, 12 or 13 years, I think they've hovered somewhere around 5%, 6%, something like that. So they've come up a little bit. But she's on a downward spiral. And speaking of downward spirals, this is what I, this is a story that came out this week that uh, I find extremely interesting. So, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, of course, I'm sure everybody by now has heard that the AG, the New York AG, has come out and said that uh, he is, in fact, guilty. Well, there is credible evidence that he sexually harassed and or sexually assaulted female staffers. Okay? I think 11 is the number that were credible, that they found to be credible in this investigation. So 11 women. But he's still the governor. Why? Why is he still the governor? Because even though it took, first first and foremost, that story ran the day that the AG released the report. It ran 
from I, I think it was like 10 o'clock in the morning to about I saw you know stuff on it till about 8 30 9 o'clock at night on the mainstream media the next day I heard a little bit of it but not too much and then within 48 hours it was completely gone I actually texted a couple of friends of mine and said can you find a story on the mainstream media where they're even talking about it it wasn't on CNN. It wasn't on MSNBC. If it was, I missed the three-second snippet that they might have put on there. But they certainly were not covering it after the first, you know, six, seven hours. And you're talking about the governor of one of the most popular states in the country and, oh, by the way, one of the most outspoken on sexual assault and sexual battery, sexual harassment. To the point where he signed into law in New York several new bills that made it super easy to find somebody guilty of the very crimes he's now accused of. Now, of course, the argument after about 24 hours was, well, this AG who was in charge of this investigation, it's a hit piece because she wants to run for governor. So now, and she's a Democrat. So now, you know, they're circling the wagons and trying to protect and think about why CNN would be doing that. I mean, who's their who's their who's CNN's golden boy? Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo's brother. So, of course, you know, he, they're going to say and he didn't cover it at all. He didn't even talk about it on his show. And with good reason, because the the pushback that CNN is getting now is. You remember a couple months ago when it came out that Chris Cuomo was sitting in on official, the governor's official PR team meetings and was giving advice on how to respond to the allegations and actually drafted or assisted in the drafting of the public affairs response to the media on the accusations. So CNN's got a problem because guess what? They haven't fired him either. Now, a couple days later, uh, the New York legislature, uh, they have brought up the word impeachment. I'm I'm 100 percent sure that that's not going to happen. If it happens, I'll be shocked. It's a Democratic, liberal, Democratic, liberal, Democrat, progressive uh, assembly in New York. So, yeah, they're going to go out and publicly and talk about it and say the word. That uh, doesn't mean that they're actually going to do anything, and I would be surprised if they actually did. My guess is is they're going to let him finish out his term, um, tell him he can't run for office again for another term, which he may tell them just to get them off the impeachment thing and then run anyway because they can't really stop him. But I don't know. I just found it interesting that, you know, for four straight years we heard nothing but Russia, 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 which turned out to be the biggest farce probably in, in our lifetime political history. But here you got a guy, that, and, and oh, by the way, by the same party that ch is championing, championing the whole Me Too movement, but yet this story, which is one of their lead Democrats accused of sexually harassing, harassing slash sexually assaulting potentially 11 women, and they just let the story go. So if that doesn't convince you, my friends who 
tend to vote for the Democratic Party that they think you're stupid. And don't get me wrong, you prove you prove to them that they can think that way by continuing to vote for them. But know that that's what they think. I mean, it's no different than with the whole racism issue in voting. You know, oh, I do can't you can't mandate ID because you know minorities are too stupid to figure out how to get an ID. I mean, that's what they say. Basically, that's their that's their narrative on why ID shouldn't be mandated for voting in states because people don't know how to get IDs. So, yeah, you're too stupid to figure out how to get an ID. Having said that, we also want to mandate that you prove that you got your COVID vaccination with some form of ID. See the hypocrisy there? See what they... I, I don't understand how people don't see that that's exactly what they're doing. But the Cuomo thing is huge. The Cuomo thing is big. And and I mean, honestly, I think he's done either way. Whether he, I think next year is the gubernatorial race in New York, 22. So he... You know, worst comes to worst, he's got a year left if he makes it that far. I'm not sure they're actually going to impeach him. Um, like I said, they talk a good game, but we'll see how fast that goes by the wayside. Um, you know, because now it's now everything's back on the DeSantis, which, by the way, you know, they've started really ramping up their uh, their talking points about DeSantis. And I said it probably, I don't know, five or six episodes ago to pay attention to this because they're going to start doing that because he poses the single single biggest threat to taking the White House. I already think that the the House is a foregone conclusion. I think the Republicans are going to take the House in 22. I also think that the Senate's probably going to stay about the same as it is now. Probably stay 50-50 or pretty dang close. But I think the House is a foregone conclusion. And then in 2024, DeSantis right now is the single biggest threat to taking that seat away from the Democrats. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of angst amongst amongst the Democrats right now, particularly as it as it pertains to Supreme Court justices. You know, it wasn't, uh, what, a month ago that they were jumping all over, was it Justice Breyer maybe, about retiring. They want him to retire now because Biden's in office and he can replace him, to which he told them he doesn't have any plans to retire, which really set them off. But they want to make sure that, you know, when Biden loses in 2024, that there's he's at least replaced one of the already, you know, liberal justices on the Supreme Court. And they're really not happy that uh, he basically told them he has no intentions of retiring at this point. All right, folks, I hope you all have a great weekend. I will talk to you next week. I think what I'm going to do 
is uh, if you went to my, if you're, if you're on my Facebook page, anything goes podcast, Facebook page, you can search it by, if you search it by that, it's a little harder to find, but if you search it by my name, Chris, last name spelled H O W K and friend me there, I will invite you to the page. I put a question on there. I think I'm going to do a show. I like to do, I'd like to start doing maybe another show a week, maybe a little bit shorter, maybe about the same length of time, but on a different to- on different topics. Like I think this one I put uh, food, you know, tell me what your favorite foods are. Tell me what your least favorite foods are. Tell me a food that you tried that you wish you never did. Um, you know, tell me a vegetable that you love. Tell me a vegetable that you hate. And then I'm going to talk about them and I'm going to tell you mine. So I think we're going to start doing things like that too. Last thing, our winner of the $100 Visa gift, gift certificate, Nick R. And this pains me, folks. My listeners in Florida, my listeners in Texas, even my listeners in New York, um, and my listeners in several other states, I'm really, I'm really kind of disappointed. And this pains me to have to do this. But Nick R. from Chicago, Illinois, won the $100 Visa gift card. Nick R., Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. A guy in Chicago, Illinois got the most people to send me emails saying that they were referred to the podcast by him. So Nick R., I know your last name. I'm not going to say it. But Nick R. in Chicago, if you listen today or whenever this week, send an email with your mailing address to agpodcast13 at yahoo.com, and I will get that $100 Visa gift card in the mail to you. All right, folks. Have a good week. I'll talk to you later.